Kia ora. Welcome to this bonus episode of Newsable. I'm Imogen Wells. I'm Jess McCarthy. The Middle East is again in crisis. The Prime Minister of Israel has declared his country is at war after a surprise and unprecedented attack by Hamas militants over the weekend. Hundreds are dead and thousands are injured with the casualties on both sides. Here to talk us through how we got here and where to next is the BBC's Middle East editor Sebastian Usher joining us from London. Sebastian, kia ora. Hi. Sebastian, those that follow relations between these two countries believed or had it that while tensions had risen recently in the Gaza Strip, neither Hamas nor Israel wanted an escalation. Did anyone see this attack coming? What what, what was it that changed? I mean, those are big questions, and I think mm. they're still very much being uh, studied. I mean, clearly there's been an intelligence failure uh by Israel, by the Israeli military, by the Israeli government, over not being prepared for this assault, um, which has taken Israel by surprise. As you say, there was a sense that there was a kind of equation that every couple of years, perhaps sometimes a bit more than that, there would be a major escalation in the conflict. This is specifically between Hamas in Gaza and Israel rather than the Palestinians as, as as a whole, including the occupied West Bank. And we've seen that. We saw the last major kind of uh, 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 conflict back in 2021. In each case, I mean, although there is terrible loss of life, um, there is a kind of lid on it. There is a sense, and, and there has been a sense, as you were saying, that both Hamas and Israel had certain kinds of rules about how far it could go. And Hamas you know, is is quite a disciplined organization in terms of controlling uh its its members in in, in the attacks that they carry out uh with regard to Israel. So I mean it's not a huge surprise that there is an escalation of this kind. These are expected and we've seen not so much in Gaza, but there have been tensions and they've arisen on the border again uh in, in, in the past few weeks. But we've seen for almost two years now a, a, a real rise in the tension in the occupied West Bank, which is not under the control of Hamas. We've seen hundreds of Palestinians killed there. We've seen almost daily incursions by the Israeli military. And we've seen attacks in Israel um, by generally lone Palestinian gunmen. What, we've, what we're seeing now, I mean, this word unprecedented, you know, one uses with caution always, but this is unprecedented in terms of the past few decades of Palestinian militants, Palestinian fighters entering Israel in large numbers and going to villages, taking hostages. So this has brought Israel and the Palestinians into a new sphere of conflict. And I think all bets are off at the moment. And Sebastian, yeah. what do you think Hamas's objective here is in terms of the nature of this attack? Like you've said, it is so different. Why are they? Why is this so planned out? Again, I mean, a very big question. I mean, how? You know, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a huge response from Israel, and we've already been seeing uh, very intense airstrikes on Gaza. Uh, the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that, you know, vengeance will be huge. That may involve uh, a ground offensive from Israel, 
But essentially what Israel is saying is that it wants to wipe out Hamas's capability. Now, it's kind of said that before when there's been escalation, but the talk this time is is stronger. I mean, it's basically talking about destroying its ability even to run Gaza as as, um, as much as it does. So, I mean, Hamas is putting its own existence under threat here, it has to be said, to a degree. Um, I mean, the message, I think, if you're looking in the broadest possible sense, could be taken as there's been a move between Israel and a number of Arab states. And we've seen it most recently with talk of the normalization deal with Saudi Arabia, which would be a major move within the Middle East, that the Palestinians, and this isn't just Hamas, but Fatah and you know the many the, the, the this younger generation of Palestinians who really have no memory of the Oslo Accords at times when there was some kind of hope in the conflict who've already gone back almost to ground zero about this, but they feel that Israel's existence can still be removed from the map i mean that that's that's the sense that has risen again amongst a younger generation of Palestinians. But the way that things are moving diplomatically was that they were essentially being left out of the equation, the Palestinians themselves. The Saudis have, have talked about, you know, um, as, as, as much as it's come out into the open, that they want some proper kind of deal that will satisfy the aspirations for Palestinians. But I think there was little sense that there would be a major change. So, you know, the biggest message, and this is by no means all that Hamas is trying to do here, is that the Palestinians cannot be counted out of this, that they still have huge agency of their own and that they themselves can change the temperature. World leaders are making statements condemning the attacks. The US Security Council scheduled an emergency meeting. What role, Sebastian, does the rest of the world play here? Well, I mean, it's a role, again, that we've seen the international community play time and time again in these conflicts when, when, when it escalates between Israel and the Palestinians. As I say, the difference here is we're entering, you know, slightly unknown um, territory, something we haven't seen since the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago, when Israel really is under, you know, a major threat within it, you know, in inside Israel. There are still gun battles that are going on in a number of locations in Israel, you know, as 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 we're speaking. Generally, what the international community does, it almost kind of puts a countdown, a clock in place as far as Israel's response is concerned. Uh, it's, it's, it's airstrikes on, on Gaza so that Israel generally knows that it's got a window of opportunity before the condemnation of, 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 of the wider spectrum of the international community becomes too strong and Israel essentially has to end its operations. I think that may be more open-ended this time because of what Israel is 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 undergoing, what it's facing, the number of deaths, the number of people injured, uh, the hostages that have also been taken. So I think this will be a more complex response from the international community. I don't think it will just be what we've seen time and time again, as I've said, that this clock is kind of put in, in place and there's a countdown. I think this in, 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 in on every level for the way that the UN, for the way that the US, the way that other major countries obviously that are deeply involved in what goes on between Israel and the Palestinians are going to deal with this. I think that the the normal kind of rhetoric that's used, and we've we've heard it obviously the the, the all out condemnation of what Hamas has done is 
will be tempered by the sense that the capabilities that Hamas has shown were, you know, have taken not just Israel, but the world by surprise. And what are you watching for next, Sebastian, in terms of what comes next? Is it a potential ground offensive from Israel? I think that's potentially what's going to happen. I mean, um, I mean, we've seen limited ground offensives before from Israel, but I mean, obviously, that's a big risk for Israel. I mean, they found uh, in the most recent conflict with uh, Hamas in Gaza that the Hamas was relatively well prepared for Israel going in. So the Israeli forces did, you know, have have problems with that. I mean, obviously, the Israeli military is is massively stronger in every way than what Hamas has to offer. Um, but it's not something that Israel is, you know, is going to do feeling that it will get out relatively unscathed. So, I mean, I think if they possibly can, they will still make it, if there is a ground offensive, a limited one. But they have set an objective. And I think this is an objective that uh, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, you know, needs uh, himself to show what he can do for the Israeli people is to seriously disable Hamas's ability this time. I mean, this is always the talk. This is what uh, is Israel and, and whichever government is in power says when, when these conflicts happen. But the fact that, you know, a couple of years later, the same uh, cycle of violence starts again has always, you know, shown that isn't really the case. I think that Israel this time is setting out to show that it can, you know, destroy Hamas's ability to mount anything like an attack like this. And as I say, to try and destroy Hamas's ability to continue as the controlling body in Gaza. But I mean, that opens up a whole, you know, new range of problems, obviously, within the Palestinians themselves, that the rift between Hamas and Fatah has never been healed. It's still you know, divided between uh, uh, the control of the West Bank, uh, where President Abbas and Fatah uh, 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 rule the roost, and Hamas in Gaza. And, you know, you have to look around as well. You have Hezbollah, the Lebanese militant movement in Lebanon and in Syria. There's a potential. I, I mean, at the moment, I feel it's unlikely that Hezbollah would get deeply involved in this, but there is that potential of opening up another front. And Hezbollah certainly has the capability. I mean, I've, one of the things that I found interesting about this was that um, the the kind of war plans that Israel has, 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 has been preparing for years, much of that was to do with expecting the kind of attack we've seen in the south of Israel from Gaza, one day maybe coming from the north, from Hezbollah, coming down from Lebanon, the same you know, thing that we've seen of, of, of fighters coming into Israel, taking hostages, of going into villages and shooting people there, spreading and the kind of terror that Israel hasn't seen for many, many years. So that is a possibility. But I think that Hezbollah, which is, you know, a relatively rational player in terms of how what it does affects its role in Lebanon and in the wider Arab world, is is you know is is very cautious about getting deeply involved in this kind of conflict. But that is a possibility. Sebastian Asher, the BBC's Middle East editor, thank you very much for your time. And that is all from this bonus episode of Newsable. I'm Imogen Wells. Catch Newsable again tomorrow morning. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. 
Kia ora, Aotearoa, and welcome to The Big Stuff Quiz. I'm your host, Imogen Wells, alongside my assistant, the wonderful Chris Reid. Hello, everyone. Each week, we'll release a new episode to test your wits with two rounds of ten questions. One potluck round, and another that's very loosely themed. A bit tangential, even. Such a good word. If you think you're up for the challenge, go and follow our show on your favourite podcast platform, The Big Stuff Quiz, is out now. The Big Stuff Quiz is proudly brought to you by Melbourne. Every bit different.